Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by Jordan Climack, recording this at 6 o'clock Eastern or so on Sunday after the Browns' 26-6 victory over the Chiefs. Over the Bears, excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Not over the Chiefs. Uh, to get our immediate thoughts on the game. Anyway, after that intro, Jordan, how you doing, man? I, what, what were your initial thoughts on that Browns win over the Bears? Um, no, I'm doing good. I, I mean, it was a good win. Uh, basically, for me, the whole theme of the win is, is defense. I think it comes down to defense. Look, everyone had questions. You know, we took the calls last week of everyone, you know, on Twitter and everything, calling for Joe Wood's job. I thought it was a great defensive game plan today for attacking a rookie quarterback. Often struggled at times. I thought Baker wasn't, you know, this is probably his least accurate game, least efficient game of the season so far. I don't think that's any, um, you know, it's not breaking news for anyone that watched the game, but for me, it just comes down to defense and everything that we were able to talk about. When were the when was the defensive line going to be able to get pressure? When were we going to start seeing sacks? Well, we saw sacks from Miles Garrett. We saw sacks from Jadavion Clown. We basically saw sacks from everyone. So, Henry, my, my main takeaway was the Browns, they can win in any type of game. I mean, that's that's kind of what it is at this point, right? You can win the defensive battles, which I think this was. You can win the games where you just got to pound the ball on the ground. They've won those. They've won the shootout games in warm weather, you know, the cold weather. I think this is a game that, you know, we look at it and it's, it's, it's another sort of element that the Browns can add to the repertoire in terms of how they're able to win games. And they did so defensively today, which we haven't been able to say for a long, long time. Yeah, for me, this was pretty predictable. This was pretty expected. I think, uh, you know, not to toot my own horn here, but pretty much nailed this on the pregame pods, both yeah, with yeah, you yeah. and with Zach, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. With Zach Pearson <laughs> in terms of, there were basically three reasons I thought the Browns were going to win by double digits. And that was my prediction in the game is that the Browns, I think I had them winning by 18. They ended up winning by 20, but they were fields holds onto the ball too long. And with this offensive line, that was going to be a disaster. Yeah. Pretty much exactly what happened on that side of the football. The second thing was the Browns secondary, uh, or excuse me, the, the Browns wide receivers versus the Bears secondary was going to be a mismatch. If Odell Beckham Jr. Played, he was going to have tons of success. Felt like that pretty much happened. And then, and then the Browns were able to wear them down with the run game along the way as well. And then the third thing was we just have a coaching advantage here. The Browns, Kevin Stefanski versus Matt Nagy. And I thought, and I tweeted this out, it was never more evident than the Browns had struggles with their left tackle today. Jed Wills was hurt. Blake Kantz was struggling. And to combat that, Stefanski ran the same play, a screen to Kareem Hunt, three or four times to keep the defense honest, to keep them from just pinning their ears back. And then on the flip side, Matt Nagy was like, eh, we're just going to let Jason Peters go <laughs> yeah. against Miles Garrett one-on-one the whole day, and we're just going to see what happens. And that was an absolute disaster. So in general, I thought this was expected. Now, that being said, the NFL, I mean, the gaps are usually not this big. And even so, even though I, you know the NFL is all about matchups, I thought this was a great matchup for the Browns. They outgained the Bears 418 to 47. That was they that was a whole. Passing. They had one yard passing. Yeah, net yard passing if you yeah, if you I include mean, the sacks. Which, nonetheless. But but yeah, either way, it was a dominant performance by the Browns, and even a way that I did not expect as somebody who predicted a double digit you know victory, it was on a whole nother level in terms of defensive dominance. 
It was, and it's one of those things too where, like, I think it's a combination of both, right? Like, I, I think the Bears' offensive line was was, was pretty terrible, uh, horrendous. I think you could even say at times. Uh, Jason Peters, I think, like, was you know he looked like he should have retired probably like three or four years ago. I think he had, <laughs> I mean, he had a rough day. He was he was uh, getting it from Miles Garrett all day, and so I think it's a combination of just the defense starting to click. I think, look, they probably had heard, look. I mean, I think these guys are human. I think they hear all the criticism. I think the defense was aware of, you know, everyone on social media and the media outlets talking about how the defense needed to step up. Look, Miles Garrett said as much in his press conference earlier in the week, Henry, and it was kind of a shocking comment when I heard it about, you know, just exactly how everything uh, he said was, you know, talking about, you know, I'm getting chipped on one play or, you know, I'm getting, you know, double teamed here. And these other guys just aren't winning one-on-one matchups. And he talked about how frustrating that was. So I, I think it was a combination of the defense kind of hearing all the talk in the media. And then Miles Garrett, I mean, he basically called them out during the press conference this week. So I think it was time for them to step up, Henry. I think they did. And I think they had a favorable matchup against that Chicago offensive line that certainly played into their success today. Yeah, the the Bears' offensive line, particularly the tackle spots, they they have the worst tackles in the league. Some people might argue the Giants or one or two other teams out there, but it was really, really, really bad today. Uh, Jason Peters struggled. uh, The right tackle, whose name is escaping me right now, he really struggled. It was a disaster on all fronts for them. And and Fields did hold the ball too long, but there were times when he – it wasn't even that he was holding the ball. It was – he dropped back, and by the time he had his back foot in the drop back, it was just like, oh, the the defensive line is all over him. So I don't even think there was a whole lot you could blame Fields for. I think, yeah, you could blame his his offensive play caller a little bit for not helping him out. But, Jordan, I guess let's just go to the defense. So I, I had some other things to start with, but let's just go there. So clearly they had a better game, right? The nine sacks, all of that, they were dominant. Was it more about the matchup or was it more, did you see specific things that you liked today that, that, that changed your outlook about this defense going forward? Well, it's kind of, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it kind of seemed like the, uh, and I haven't seen, you know, the numbers or percentages of snaps that they were doing this, but it kind of did seem like the Browns were blitzing a little bit more today. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but I mean, See, that was I didn't thing. think they did really. I, I think they did. I, they did. And I think when the stats come out, I think it's going to show that they, that they did a little bit more. Look, Joe Woods is a guy that doesn't like to do it a lot. So I think anytime I see it on a couple of plays, it's like, it seems like it's a lot. So maybe it was one of those, but yeah, no, I don't think it was mainly a, a scheme thing other than that, Henry. I just think it was kind of, you know, Jadavion Clowney was due. Miles Garrett was due and they had a favorable matchup. Like you said, the two edge rushers for the Browns going up against one of the worst tackle pairings in the NFL. And at the end of the day, when that's the case, you're going to have a game like the Browns had today where you have eight or nine sacks on defense. And I think that's just kind of how it played out. For me, I'm not fully sold on like this Browns defense is fixed for that exact reason that the matchup was just phenomenal. Garrett and Clowney basically ruined the Bears but, by themselves. Uh, here's the thing though. Can we at least agree to like, calm down a little bit like there's so many people you know the, the fire joe woods things and all of that like come on there was you can't there's no other way to put it like it might have been a bad matchup for the bears but at the end of the day they got the job done you got you got to sit your hat when that when that happens absolutely absolutely i guess i i'm not looking at more so from the fans i mean the fans uh, i know are in your ear often with it with your job but for me it was more so i had concerns about the defense after last week 
And I was happy with the performance today. Absolutely. But from my perspective, I'm not just like, oh, the defense is fixed now. A couple of things I did like, though. I'm not going to say like this game didn't matter or anything like that. It wasn't all the matchup. I thought there was one schematic thing that Woods did a little bit differently that I liked. I thought they pressed a lot more, especially with Ward and Newsom on the outside. And I'm hoping that continues. I'm hoping that wasn't just a function of, hey, we're not going to let them get the ball out quickly here. I hope that's something that stays. I didn't think they blitzed a whole lot. JOK had the one sack where he was a spy, really, and then kind of blitz late. But I don't, that, that wasn't a blitz call, I don't believe. And for the most part, I thought it was just the D-line dominating, which is fine with me. But ultimately, I think my, my concerns with the linebackers are, are still there. JOK playing more certainly helps that because he is the best linebacker on the team. But number one, I thought I, I liked the, the the pressing up more in that adjustment from Woods. Number two, I just thought the secondary played better. I thought Denzel Ward had a good game. Like he matched up with Allen Robinson. He played pretty yeah. well. And we talked about it last week. There's it's always it's not a hundred percent the coach. It's not a hundred percent the players. We're we are trying to figure out what mix, what percentage was on each last week. And I think there was some blame to go on the actual players themselves. And I thought those players just played a lot better today. Like at the end of the day, I thought Denzel Ward, Newsom, the safeties, they just executed what they were supposed to do a a lot more on the back end. I know all the the focus was on the D line, but a lot of those fields didn't have an immediate place to go with the football. And then he was just overwhelmed. Well, I mean, Henry, what you just said, I mean, think about this. This was the most healthy that defense has been this entire year. When you talk about Ronnie Harrison, the guy that had a solid game, Grant Delpit was out there again. I mean, in, you know, these guys that we were hoping were going to be out there, like I, and, and JOK, like you said as well. I just think that the Browns kind of had their whole defense at their, uh, you know, disposal today to the point where they could do things that they wanted to do. But yeah, you you highlighted a couple guys that I think Greg Newsom had a great game again. He had a couple plays where you could just tell this guy is going to be a stud in the NFL. Uh, Denzel had a better game as well. I know he got beat for like what seemed like the only first down that the Bears picked up to Allen Robinson. But, you know, th- those are just kind of, you know, a one-on-one, like kind of 50-50. The receiver is going to win that. Sometimes the corner is going to win that. I'm not reading too much on that. I thought Ronnie Harrison had a great game from the safety position, Henry. But, yeah, I think, you know, again, I think it just goes back to guys in the secondary knew they needed to step up. Guys in the defensive line knew they needed to step up, and they did. I agree with you that, yeah, I'm still a little not sold on the linebackers, but we got to remember – Anthony Walker, not out there as well. I think that'll make a difference when he comes back. But yeah, JOK was flying all over the field today, man. His speed and and that kind of extra level of speed that he's able to provide to, like, when you talked about there were so times where Miles would win his matchup and he'd get so far into the defense or into the backfield that the quarterback just steps up. Like, I think JOK's speed on the edge is going to be able to kind of, you know, help us be better at containment. I, I thought he had some spectacular plays out there today. I'm excited for what's to come with his defense attorney. Of course, there's still some aspects to get better, but they're well on their way to putting together some a couple of good performances in a row here. JOK, his speed kills. You, you yeah, mentioned yeah. it, and I've been I've been hammering this, and I'm going to keep hammering it. That guy should be playing all the time. And why, why although do you think he's, he's not, why do you think he's not at this point? Do you think maybe today today's performance will you know kind of force the hand of the uh, coaching staff to be like, yo, this guy has to be on the field for like. 75% of the snaps, or, or, or I don't know what the number is, but he has to be on the field more because I think that there were certain times today where it was just like so evident, like nobody else in this linebacking core can do what he just did. So why is he not getting all those reps? I don't know. I don't either, but I hope uh, for the Browns' sake that, yes, they're seeing it. And 
some of it I do think is just it's hard for defensive coordinators to trust rookies early on, especially when his competition is a lot of veterans. But yeah, he got the start today with Taki Taki injured, who was really the only key player. Walker, of course, is on IR right now. But Taki Taki was really the only player kind of in question that didn't end up playing in this game. And JOK, he's all over the place on special teams. He's all over the place on the defensive side of the football, sideline to sideline. And you see with a guy like Fields, a mobile quarterback, keep in mind the Browns' biggest competition in the AFC, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, all mobile guys. Even Justin Herbert today was scrambling around a lot for the Chargers. You've got to have somebody that can keep an eye on them. And JOK is that guy. It, his sack today, he was a spy, and then all of a sudden he just realized, hey, there's a wide open spot here, and he was on top of field so fast that, that field couldn't do anything. So I really hope that, that they are seeing the light uh, and continue to play him because I do think that, that can solve some of the issues that they have at that second level. Yeah, without question. I, I think it was one of those things, like, we probably even talked about it in previous podcasts where, like, you know, come game four, five, six, I, it's just going to be one of those things where the play on the field is kind of just forcing the hand at, like, hey, this guy's a rookie, but so what? He's better than whatever we have out there. But, Henry, one of the other person I want to talk about on defense, someone that you were critical of last week and and not being able to get the job done, and that, that of course, being Jadavion Clowney. Uh, I thought he had a great game there. Again, obviously had a favorable matchup. But that's one of those things that we talked about, right? Like, if you have the favorable matchup, go out there and win that favorable matchup. I think he certainly did that today, Henry. I think he kind of put his name on the map. I mean, he had his first sack in in almost two years at this point, and he followed it up with another sack. So just in today's game, he doubled the amount of sacks that he had last year, Henry. I mean, really just a, I was kind of impressed with Clowney today, and, and we saw how dominant that defense can be when Miles is clicking, when Clowney is clicking, and just kind of how disruptive that defensive line can be. He was great today. I'm not going to say anything other than that. He was fantastic. Again, playing Jermaine Effetti. That was the name of the right tackle that was escaping me, who was bad yeah, against pretty much everybody. <laughs> but again, for me, the, the issue with Clowney is not uh, the overall numbers. It's the consistency game to game. So, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, it's we're three games into the season. We got a lot of games to go. So that that's definitely a check in his favor. Where this he was, this was the best game. This is the best game he'd played in probably at least a year and a half. So, I, I mean, at least I at least think that's a good sign because all the things that I heard coming into this season, Henry, were like, he is the most healthy he's been in his career. Like, he's, that's not just something he's saying. That's something that's a fact. And it was it was evident in everyone that I talked to that was out at training camp every day. So to see him kind of have early on, and again, we got to remember, we're still early on in the season, this being game three, I think it's a good sign for him and this defense moving forward, the kind of dominant performance he was able to have today. And maybe it's just one of those things where – yeah, he had the bad the bad matchup, uh, the Bears did, at least with Clowney. But I think it's one of those things that he can build on and be like, hey, like I am still that guy. I can still go out and disrupt the game. He did that today, and, and we'll see if it continues. Because like you said, it's going to come down to consistency at the end of the day. Well, and we're going to find out a lot more about those Browns defense next week, Jordan, because yeah. they're playing a much, much more talented offense than they've seen really the last two weeks. They're, they're going to play – an offense with the Vikings that despite the Vikings struggles as a team. And as we record this, they're, they're still currently playing Seattle. So we don't know if they will be zero and three or, or one and two after, you know, this week, but either way, they're moving the ball up and down the field against Seattle. They moved it up and down the field against the Cardinals last week. You know, the weapons, Dalvin cook, who's actually banged up right now, but Thielen, Jefferson, 
it's going to be a way, way bigger test. And I, I'm interested to see how the Browns hold up. I, I do think the Browns are going to have an overall advantage in that game, but this will be a much more informative game, I think, about where this defense sits four games into the season. Yeah, and I think the Vikings are actually up 21 to 17 on uh, the Seahawks at halftime right now. So Kirk Cousins has three touchdowns in that game. But yeah, that's certainly the case. But Henry, I think it goes back to, like I said, one of my main themes from this game was just the fact that the Browns did prove to me that they can win every kind of game, right? Like today was just a grinded out defensive game. They were able to do that. We know that they can win the high scoring shootout. So maybe next week is a high scoring shootout where we're looking at a 35 to 29, 35, 31 type game. And the Browns are able to win it. I just think that it's at the point now where they have the talent, type of talent where they can win every type of game, Henry. And, and I'm confident that they can get the job done next week. But to your point, it's definitely going to be the best test, I think, this year, obviously, other than the Chiefs, um, since they played that week one matchup. Uh, just definitely when it comes down to quarterback as well. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins probably the best quarterback that the Browns are going to play since Patrick Mahomes, obviously. So we'll, we'll see how that matchup uh, plays out. But at the same time, too, Kevin Stefanski really familiar with how they do things in Minnesota, but then you can flip it over that they're familiar with how he does things as well. So yeah, it's going to be a good test next week. Absolutely. It will be. And Jordan, if they're going to win another shootout, the offense is going to have to to step up to the levels it was playing at the first couple weeks. So let's talk about the offensive side of the football, because for me, I really didn't think the offense played as bad of a game as I think some of Browns fans did, or at least some some of what I was seeing. I thought a couple plays just didn't go their way, but I do think they also have a lot of pressure on, on them to succeed. You know, if the defense isn't going to play like it did today, so let's talk about that. They, you know, in the first half, it was a little bit of a sputter. Uh, they ended up with a long touchdown drive to end the half. They were up ten three, but. What did you see out of the offense today? It, because you said you didn't feel like they were they were clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I just thought that this was, uh, you know, Baker's worst game of the year. Um, kind of the worst game that I've seen him play in, in a while, honestly, dating back to even last year. And But at the same time, Henry, I, I think you got to tip your hat to the Chicago defense. I mean, you talked about it in our, in our kind of pregame uh, podcast about just that uh, defensive front for Chicago. And it was a lot better than I was expecting, to be honest with you. I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head with how good that you know, front seven is for Chicago. And it was evident, man. I think Nick Chubb struggled to run the ball at times. Yeah, he had 80 yards, but it, it was a tough 80 yards. Kareem Hunt able to, uh, was able to come in a, as well and kind of do and do what he needed to. But, yeah, I just think that from a passing standpoint, uh, Baker was just off for a little bit. And I think he would be the first person to tell you that. He had a couple misses early on in that game. I think he found his game eventually Henry which is a big thing that you can that's a maturation thing right like when you come out and you're struggling early you're missing high on throws but you're able to settle down and kind of settle into the game and settle into the offense and bring us home a win at the end of the day yeah, I, I'm going to look at that more so with Baker than than kind of the passes that he missed but yeah I just thought from a running standpoint everything was there I thought Kareem was great Nick was good at times I thought the offensive line struggled at, uh, at times as well Henry I think there were a couple uh uh, you know, uncharacteristic penalties from a couple guys. And then Jed Wills, man, like uh, I salute you for going out there. But at the end of the day, he's just that is too much for him on that ankle. I, I would have liked to see Blake Hans, um, you know, for more of the game than we saw Jed. So, yeah, I'm looking at the, the left tackle, Henry and, and Baker. I just thought those were the two positions I was looking at today that was like, well, we could have been in sharper there. But at the end of the day, 
he got the job done. So a win is a win. And that's exactly how I feel for the most part is I do think Baker, uh, to your point, struggled a little bit. He missed a couple throws that I think he'd like to have back. He was under more pressure today because they were just playing a better defense. And you know, the Browns are used to having an advantage on, in, in the trenches. And they ultimately, I think, won that matchup today. But it wasn't a clean sweep, right? Like there were times that the Bears won that, and especially at that left tackle spot. You mentioned it. Jed Wills is hurt. Blake Hance came in. He did get beat once, too, and then they put Jed Wills back in. So it's not an easy decision. So I don't totally fault the coaching staff there, but I would like to see them put in Blake Hance just because of the long-term implications. Jed Wills needs to get healthy in the long term for the team if they want to get where they want to go, even if hobbled Jed Wills might be slightly better than Blake Hance, which is debatable, obviously. But I I think it would be better that, uh, that they sit him down and just let Hance get in a rhythm, try to play his best out there and get Wills healthy. But overall, I still thought the Browns' identity shined through. They wore the Bears down eventually with the run game. I thought the pass game was still pretty on point. I thought OBJ had a bunch of nice catches. I thought Donovan Peoples-Jones had a good game. There was the one throw that Baker missed to Felton, where Felton had the, the Bears beat too. It was just they only had 10 points in the first half because of two weird fourth downs where for some reason the snap was really bad on the first one. I'm not quite sure what happened there. And then Baker wasn't able to get the ball out by the time the blitz got to him. And then I thought the bears, I know there was some complaints about the play calling and I understand that on the fourth and one, why not give it to your, your back in Nick Chubb fair. But I also thought the bears made a nice play there. And sometimes uh, I feel like Browns fans don't ever want to give credit to the other team where it was like, hey, uh, Johnson, the corner, like actually made a a pretty nice play there and took away Baker's read. So there were those plays. There was the holding play where they then had to settle for a field goal. Yeah, you'd like to see some of that stuff tighten up. But I I really saw nothing from this Browns offense today where I, I worry about anything going forward. Oh, yeah, without question. Me neither. And and how about this through the first just saw this stat on Twitter. Uh, the Browns through the first three games have a net total of uh, 1,230 yards of offense. And that is the most through three weeks in franchise history. So we're basically, Henry, for three weeks, we're watching the best offense that the Browns have ever had, basically. And I, it does feel like that. I, at least in terms of from a, just a, a watching it, you have so much confidence in the Browns offense. It feels like, hey, if it's second and 10, they're fine. If it's third and seven, they're fine. So overall, I, I feel I, it, that makes sense to me just from the eye test. A couple of things I wanted to touch on on offense real quick, too. And, and this one was interesting. And I don't know. I didn't see a lot of people talking about this, but I noticed it when it happened. I, you know, I mentioned it to the people that I was, I was watching the game with. Did you notice that when the Browns first started this game, when they were coming out in their shotgun packages, the type of packages that we're used to seeing Kevin Stefanski offenses throw to running backs from, it was Demetric Felton in there. It, it wasn't Kareem Hunt. And I think that pissed off Kareem Hunt. He played pissed off today. And when he got in the game, I think he t- kind of, like you could tell, like he was running pissed off. The first guy wasn't tackling him. The second guy wasn't tackling him. I just wonder if that played into kind of Kareem's mindset, or if there was something going on there, Henry. But I noticed that when the Browns started, when they first came out in those packages where it's like, hey, look out for the running back here because this is usually a screen. Or you see a guy in motion, which is usually Kareem, and they shift him into the slot. That was Demetric Felton. And I just wonder if that played into – somehow played into uh, Kareem Hunt's uh, production today. 
maybe I don't know. I I, I have a hard time like reading into stuff that much. I, I think from a schematic standpoint, it made sense just because you could see it again on that throw that Baker missed to Felton, where they had him in the backfield, got him lined up against Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is an unbelievable defender and linebacker defending the run. He's not quite as good covering in space. Ogletree, their other linebacker, is terrible covering in space. So to me, I thought that was just a game plan thing more so than anything else. And then when they went to the screen game, they they still brought in Hunt as usual. I just thought that was more matchup dictated. I don't know how much it – it was just weird that they started like, the game like that. I, I don't know. It just I like I kind of I noticed it right away. I was like, huh, why is Felton in here? I, I, I maybe you know Jarvis not being in there and kind of just wanting to show different packages with how you're going to get Felton in the slot. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe I'm reading in too much into it. I, I probably am, but hey, that's what we do, Henry. <laughs> and then then today. And but the other thing that I wanted to touch on with the offense as well was the two guys that you mentioned in OBJ and DPJ. And you know, for so long throughout training camp, Henry, we were doing podcasts. I was doing shows on the radio where people were talking about like DPJ, DPJ, like he's that camp standout. It was DPJ, it was Demetri Felton, a couple guys on defense, Clowney as well. But like I, I saw it firsthand when I was out at, at practice of just how good he looked. And then if we, he only had two catches for 18 yards through the first two weeks. He made some big time catches today, uh, a couple of uh, you know toe drags in, in big situations. I thought he had his best game of the year. I thought someone needed to step up. Right, we're wondering who's going to step up with Jarvis out. I think he finally stepped up. Then OBJ as well. I I thought he looked fine. Uh, it was funny listening to him in the post game, Henry. He talked about like that was the most tired he's ever been after a football game in his life. Of just like you know the the emotions that played into the game. That being his first time back, just kept trying to get his legs underneath him. He said that he never really felt like he did get his legs underneath him, and he was still able to produce five for seventy seven. Even had that catch out of bounds that didn't end up counting. That was vintage OBJ where he caught it with his fingertips. Uh, it ended up being out of bounds, so of course it didn't count. But I just think that from a passing standpoint, yeah, Baker was off, but the two positives for me were absolutely OBJ and what he was able to do, how he looked, how comfortable he looked, and and obviously DPJ as well. And I think the other thing with that, Henry, is I saw some maturity from the Baker and OBJ relationship as well. There was a play, I, I don't remember if it was a third down or what down it was, but Baker had the time to throw and he kept, you know, he was doing his, you know, he was pumping a couple of times. He wanted to go down the field to OBJ, OBJ. They were in zone coverage. He didn't really have the space and he checked down to, I think Felton. And I was like, okay, that is maturation because we know in previous years, Baker is letting that ball fly to OBJ, hoping that he can make a play in coverage, but we saw him make the right play and check down a couple of times today. And I thought that was a positive from this offense as well. Well, that's where I was going to go with it, is I thought Baker didn't force the ball to OBJ either. I thought it was just a nice mix. And in general, I think the beauty of this Browns offense and why it is so uh, difficult to defend is they can beat you in many different ways. Ultimately, no matter what, what the matchup dictates, the Browns are able to adjust to that accordingly, right? So it's, hey, they don't have good cover linebackers. All right, we're going to get Felton out in space against these guys. Oh, they... They are rushing up the field hard. Well, let's throw some screens to Kareem Hunt. Now we can wear them down with Nick Chubb. Oh, they're going to leave down on Peoples-Jones alone on the outside. Fine, we'll go attack that matchup. It just feels like the Browns have answers to what defenses want to do to them at the end of the day. And OBJ just adds another piece in that where it's, hey, you better have Jalen Johnson somewhere around OBJ because if you don't, the Browns are going to go after that matchup. And they went after uh, the Bears slot corners a couple times when they were able to get Odebeckham inside. So 
it was just uh, another component to it where, yeah, I felt like Baker wasn't forcing the ball to OBJ. He was just based on the look they got went, you know, with the football where it was supposed to go. So yeah, this game was 26 to six and it was a dominating performance, but I honestly felt like it was three plays away from being even more of a blowout. I, I really, I really feel like between the, the fourth downs, that holding call that this offense almost should have put up more than 26 points and that this yeah. game should have been an even wider gap, really, than it was. And then, you know, obviously at the end of the game, the Browns pretty much just like choked the life out of them in the fourth quarter instead of scoring more points when they clearly were moving the ball just fine. But they, you know, they ran the ball with Chubb and, and Hunt until the clock ran out. So on the whole, 26 to 6, it's hard enough to take away much from that. But I, as I said, I, it could have been even worse. I was 26 to six, Henry. I think this very easily could have been 43. Like, I, I really do think it, it, I mean, like you said, it was a player or two away from just being an absolute blowout. I mean, this was the most, like, how about this too? I don't know if you noticed this, Henry, but I saw this after the game. Do you know that today was the most, the largest win, win total deficit that the Browns have had in the Kevin Spansky era? So today was the biggest blowout that the Browns have had under head coach Kevin Stefanski. And I think that just shows the growth of this team. Like, look, Henry, I think at the end of the day, I think the Browns are just kind of who we thought they were, right? Like through the first three weeks of the season, I think this team is exactly what I thought they were going to be, probably what you thought they were going to be. And I, I just think that's what it is. It culminated today in kind of a boring 26 to six win. Well, and that's what makes you feel good as a supporter of the team is for so many years, the Browns have, have either not been good to begin with and we knew it from the start or there were expectations that they didn't live up to and through three weeks you know the Chiefs game the the Texans game and now this game all the results relatively speaking line up with what we thought that the team was going to be and that makes you feel pretty good because what people think this team is is right on the cusp of the Super Bowl you know maybe not the favorite out of the AFC but kind of that next level in terms of teams. And I still think they're right there and there uh, nothing has dissuaded me from that so far. Yeah. It's funny. I wanted to get your take on like what you think that we need to clean up because for me, like I, Henry, I think really think that it comes down to like, Hey, you clean up a couple of those, you know, blocking the backs on, on pun returns. And it's like, it's a pretty clean game for the most part where I'm thinking like, Hey, I mean, we weren't, there weren't glaring things that we need to go into next week. Like, Hey, you got to get better at that. You got to get better at that. I don't like we had those kind of moments in the first two weeks. I don't think that we necessarily had that, but even saying that to say this, I thought that Demetric Felton from a special team standpoint, we know what he adds to the offense from his ability to run out, you know, and catch out of the backfield lineup in that slot, kind of be that slot guy where we don't have Jarvis Henry, but he had an element to the kickoff game where I was like, man, we haven't had that. He was getting 10, 15 yards every time he got a punt return or something like that, Henry. And I just think that was an element that the Browns haven't had for so long. And I was pleased to see that as well, because a lot of these times these games come down to starting field position. And he was kind of making a difference in where the Browns started their drives today. Obviously, that came back with the penalties. I think he cleaned that up. But it was a positive sign for me to see that from special teams as well. And then Chase McLaughlin, it's a pretty damn good special teams day, man, other than those two holding penalties. Well, that's what I was about to throw at you is, is not only do games sometimes come down to those returns, but even more so, I think games sometimes come down to the kicking Real game quick. and Chase McLaughlin was great today. Do you think that this, and, and I heard this, I saw this take on Twitter. I might have to agree with it, Henry. Since Phil Dawson left the Browns, 
I think Chase McLaughlin today had the best kicking performance we've seen from a Browns kicker since Phil Dawson. I really think that's true. Name me a better one. I, I, I mean, we'd have to go through the, the games. That, I if there was one, I think you would, you would know off the top of your head. That's my point. He made a 57-yard field goal. That part was impressive. Uh, uh, the rest of it, I, I don't think there was anything like that crazy about Chase McLaughlin's game besides the 57-yarder. But, hey, that, that was nice. Uh, it, it definitely put you know gave the Browns some momentum. And, and overall, to me, it's more so just about the consistency. If the Browns don't have to worry about McLaughlin as a liability – like we talked about was a possibility just because we didn't know what he was going to look like in the NFL so far. Everything seems fine there. As long as your special teams isn't costing you games, is Chase McLaughlin going to be Justin Tucker? No, but as long as he can be solid, that's all the Browns need and they're going to be fine. But the, like the, just the fact that with the confidence that I got from just seeing our kicker make our, one of our kickers make a 57 yard field goal, Henry, just like, I hadn't had the confidence in the kicker doing that for so long. And a 57-yarder, like, that's no joke. And to do it in Cleveland as well, I, I think so much, so much of the kicking game today comes down to confidence and, and, and kind of mental stability. And I think that Chase McLaughlin seeing that 57-yard field goal go in, I think that's going to do wonders for him going forward. And, hey, maybe we found our kicker, man. Maybe we did. Maybe that's another takeaway. That could be – look, honestly, I, I mean, I say it kind of jokingly, but if you did find your kicker and Chase McLaughlin is that guy that you can rely on, from 50 plus out that could be end up being the biggest takeaway from this game i know it's kind of silly to say but going down the line when you look back to the case chicago that 57 yard field goal that's when it kind of turned around for chase mclaughlin and he kind of became that guy henry i mean if that if that's the thing going forward i mean that's a huge win for this team today it is and you talked about you know what the browns need to clean up Maybe a holding penalty here or two, whatever. And to me, it's more so not about what they clean up. It's just, again, that defense to me is going to have to continue to prove it week in and week out. And I and I hope they they do next week in Minnesota, again, against a, a much tougher opponent. But all you can do is take one game at a time, right? And as I said, the offense was, I thought, just fine today. The special teams, great today. The defense, fantastic today. And not only did they give up six points and only whatever, 47 yards, they should have given up three points because that John Johnson pass interference call was ridiculous. And that should have been an INT going the other way. So uh, the Browns thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly dominated this game. It's, uh, sometimes, Jordan, I feel like I'm not watching the same game as Browns fans. Like at halftime, I, I get the Browns were only up 10 to three, but I was just seeing so much still just like, not to say panic, but nervous energy from Browns fans. And maybe that's just, the way we are because yeah, of the overreactions are ridiculous, man. Absolutely. But I was like, is anybody else watching this game? Like the Browns just dominated them. And and I feel the same way about the entire game. It's like, yeah, they won by 20. I was like, that game might as well have been a 40 point difference. Like the Browns dominated that game in, in a, in a spectacular fashion. Now they just got to string it together, you know, weeks and weeks ahead. But you look at, you know, even the other AFC teams, you know, the Bills dominated today. The Ravens won on a miracle. The Steelers looked god-awful and lost to the Bengals. Like, overall, you just have to be feeling good about where the Browns sit in the, in the AFC picture. Oh, without question. I, I mean, I think the Browns proved themselves again as it's probably a top-five team in the NFL, Henry. And it's funny because I was thinking the same thing of, like, people, like, 
It's just, I, I think the bronze fans, they're starting to remind me of Ohio State fans where it's just like nothing you can do unless it's absolute perfection is going to be good enough at this point. Because to your point, like, I think it was, yeah, it was 10 to three or whatever it was, but like it was the Browns had 18 first downs versus like two for the Chicago Bears. Like that is complete domination. Like <laughs> there's no other way around it. So yeah, I, and it, it begs the question too, because like you said, I thought the Browns were damn near perfect on defense today damn near perfect on special teams except for those two penalties not perfect on offense then you go back to some of those games where it's like the Browns were pretty much perfect on offense so if you're able to combine all those three things together Henry I still don't know that under the Kevin Stefanski era other than maybe that Pittsburgh Steelers game in the playoffs we've seen a game where the Browns had been basically perfect on special teams defense and offense so I'm looking forward to seeing that and I think it's going to be pretty spectacular when we do see a game where the Browns put it really all together on all three phases of the ball, because we've seen them do it on offense. We've seen them do it on defense. Let's do it on all three phases. Now. We'll see if they're able to combine all three phases next week. Uh, next Sunday, Minnesota is on the docket for the Browns now two and one on the season. So Jordan, we're going to have our, our typical slate of, of podcasts. You and I will jump on again this week. Uh, guest preview, all that and more coming. So Browns fans, plenty more to come, but I had to get on, give our immediate takeaways from this Browns dominating win over the Bears 26 to 6. That will do it for this episode of the rebuild, but Browns fans, 2 and 1, and until next time, go Browns.